HR is the glue of the whole organization. It's one of the very few areas that really is directly connected to everyone. And therefore, it provides the biggest potential for influencing. We have a seat at the table. And our mission is to transform lives, to make people the better version of themselves. And as a consequence, better organizations. There's a revolution taking place right now. Talent and intelligence are equally distributed throughout the world, but opportunity is not. The talent economy, the idea that at the center of work is the talent, is the individual. The way we work has changed forever, and highly skilled talent is demanding flexibility around the way they work and the way they live. This podcast brings together thought leaders, staffing experts, and top talent to talk about the evolving nature of work and how companies can navigate these changes to remain competitive, drive innovation, and ensure success. Welcome to the Talent Economy Podcast. I'm Meredith Bodgis. Today's guest is Melissa Wernick. Global Chief People Officer for the Kraft Heinz Company, where she oversees the global human resources function. Prior to that, Melissa served as Chief People Officer at America Latina Logistica. Melissa received a degree in chemical engineering from Federal University of Minas Gerais in Brazil and an MBA from Federal University of Rio de Janeiro. Melissa, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks for inviting me. Happy to be here with you today. So I have to know, how did chemical engineering eventually bring you to human resources? That is a question that I'm asked quite often. Being quite honest, working in HR was not part of my original plan. But I'm a chemical engineer that discovered myself in HR, and I really fell in love with the function. I soon discovered that HR and chemical engineering are somehow related. The reason I chose chemical engineering is very similar to why I love HR. And the word to define it is transformation from a raw material to a final product, from a junior talent, you know, a rough diamond to a jewel. That's my passion, my mission in life. HR was not planned, but it became soon my life choice. So I thought this was so interesting that your first day at Kraft Heinz was also your first day using only English at work. How did that experience shape the kind of leader you are? And as importantly, what do you think the colleagues with whom you interacted learned? I had used English at college during my graduate program or for a few meetings here and there on my previous jobs. In fact, thinking in English for a full day, coaching people in English, communicating exclusively in English it was really new to me. I remember that I was exhausted in the end of my first week and I thought, oh my God, I needed to stop translating inside my brain. I need to start thinking in English, otherwise this won't go well. But I had to be very humble and show my vulnerability to the team. I told them, Feel free to correct me. Feel free to laugh with my accent. They still do. They still laugh with my accent. I told them, feel free to tell me if I'm making up words. And uh, you know what? That brought us together. That made us closer. This experience taught me that uh, people, they don't expect that you know it all. You know, you help people and people are very open to help you. 
That is so encouraging to hear because we all have things that are new to us on the job, whether it's a language or a skill that we're picking up. So being vulnerable, showing that authenticity and being open to feedback, I can see why that would be a winning combination. So you have spoken about a new performance methodology and an integrated management system at Kraft Heinz. Tell us more about those two things. At Kraft Heinz, performance is currently managed through a mechanism composed by individual and quantitative objectives linked to variable compensation. We call it management by objectives. Performance is also measured through an assessment on how those objectives were delivered. So it's important to deliver results, but the way you deliver the results is also equally important. And we measure that through a 360 evaluation or a 180 evaluation. And this conversation and the discussion around performance and also how the results were delivered is calibrated during our annual talent management cycle that we call OPR, Organization and People Reveal. The overall performance system was designed to encourage learning and capacity development while incentivizing the behaviors that the company was hoping to cultivate. And every quarter, our employees receive an appraisal from their managers to reveal their progress on their objectives, but also the progress on their individual development plan. It's a very rich, I would say, mechanism. So I think it's clear that you are passionate about analytics, perhaps as a result of your background in engineering, but what are the most important metrics for you and why are those the most important ones? I'm glad that you highlighted that because having majored in engineering, you can imagine the role that data plays on my day to day. I really, I like to take decisions based on numbers and on a very data-driven organization, that's even more important. My opinion is that HR analytics is elevating the role of HR, allowing us to evolve to a more predictive and agile approach. As part of our HR strategic plan, we define our dream and aspiration for the next five years. And we identified six specific indicators to measure it. Three are related to engagement and retention. One is related to our ambition for diversity and inclusion on both representation and inclusion. One is related to talent management. The last one is related to the evolution of HR as a function. I like to say that we have to put the oxygen mask on ourselves first before helping the, the others. And there are so many new possibilities with analytics. You know, in learning, you can use real-time information to better tailor your offerings, create new police, suggest articles based on the employee's roles or prior interests. It's like the Netflix for, for learning. And you can use real-time data to understand collaboration, what functions or people interact the most. So it's fascinating. I was reading an article yesterday saying that through email exchange, Microsoft was able to determine that in the world, we had a 52% increase on emails exchanged between 6 p.m. and midnight. Oh, wow. And that's wow. Now, when we're talking about mental health, burnout and everything, the data is there, you know, to show us that it's really happening. 
I want to go back to one thing you mentioned, which was you are measuring representation, but you are also looking at inclusion. How does one measure inclusion? What metrics are you looking at to make sure that people feel included at Kraft Heinz? We have an internal metric and an external metric. The internal one through the engagement survey, we have questions that the employees, they really contribute to our evolution on inclusion. So that's one. And a second one is the external. There are so many, I would say, inclusion and equality index that are so comprehensive out there. And uh, we are measuring ourselves against those index as well. One thing I've seen at a lot of other organizations is that, you know, HR has these lofty goals, but they're not so metrics focused. What would you say is the most important thing that rapidly growing people organizations need to do if they want to get savvier about tracking analytics and choosing the right metrics to track? Very good question. I think first you need to have a very good HR information system. That will be your single source of truth. You can can't have multiple sources of truth. Otherwise, you will spend too much time reconciling numbers and trying to prove if the data is right or wrong. Second, you need to be clear on what you need and why. There are so many possibilities out there, you know, otherwise you risk ending up paralyzed by the amount of information and the amount of data that you have. And I would say, lastly, Information needs to be provided in real in real time and in a user-friendly way. Data scientists and data engineers are key to help organize the amount of information available in a way that can be easily absorbed. You know, you don't see a lot of data scientists and data engineers in HR, and they really, really can help to tailor the message according your priorities and what answers you were trying to have. In doing my research for this interview, I found a quote that you gave to Thrive Global, and I just love it. It was, if you want to really transform something, it has to start with HR. Why do you think that? HR is the glue of the whole organization. It's one of the very few areas that really is directly connected to everyone. And therefore, it provides the biggest potential for influencing. We have a seat at the table and our mission is to transform lives, to make people the better version of themselves. And as a consequence, better organizations. How can you influence people and achieve your ambition if you You know, don't improve continuously. If we aren't continuously seeking new reference of what great looks like, if you're not reinventing ourselves. I'd love to hear what are some of the transformations that have started with HR at Kraft Heinz that you're most proud of? I'm very proud of the revolution that we did on learning and development at Kraft Heinz. Our chief learning and diversity officer created our mission for development create a culture of continuous learning, both creativity and intellectual curiosity. And that's the only way. The world is changing so fast. There is no longer time to babysit, to organize large boot camps and work weeks and weeks on nominations. That, that is not inclusive and it's the opposite of agility. 
Fostering intellectual curiosity is what will move organizations faster and more consistently. If you don't make learning part of your life, your skills will be obsolete tomorrow. We embrace the new. We embrace technology. We wanted to go beyond mandatory training. But our approach to building this skill is through democratizing learning experience. We had an ambition to make training available regardless of where you are located in the world, the time of the day, where you are, the language that you speak, if you were at the bus at an airport, if you are, you know, uh, at your car commuting and listening to a podcast like this one. We wanted our corporate university to provide the, the Google or Netflix experience. And I'm so glad that uh, our platform was ready before COVID hit the globe because uh, it was key to keep people engaged and keeping learning and developing a part of our employees each day. I'm very proud of that. That sounds like perfect timing that this was ready for when everybody was working from home, presumably. And now that people are getting vaccinated, it's safer to go back to the office. I wanted to find out what is Kraft Heinz's take on where and when their workforce should work? The whole world is discussing this right now. We have chosen a hybrid work arrangement. Uh, our employees will be able to work remotely up to two days per week, and they are also allowed to work from a different geographic location for short, non-consecutive period of time. We discussed a lot what is the purpose of the office, and uh, the office plays an important uh, role on collaboration, whiteboarding, thinking together, and I think a hybrid approach, in our opinion, is the best way to keep uh, productivity, avoid the commuting time that uh, on big cities can be really, really long, but also keeping the collaboration aspect of that and uh, keeping people together to whiteboard together. Because analytics and metrics are so important to you, I have to imagine that, that there were numbers involved in making that decision. Can you tell me a little bit about that? We have been talking a lot to our employees, you know, to understand what they think went well with remote working, what they miss, where they are currently located. And we built this approach together with them. I would say that uh, amplify, uh, I would say, the insights that we were capturing in order to build our future work arrangement. Even though hybrid work has many, many benefits, there are some pitfalls that come with it, like distance bias, the fact that people in the office may give preference to those who are near them. How are you leveling the playing field for everyone, no matter when and where they're working? So flexible work arrangement is not a new thing. Companies, they have been adopting it for a while right now, and there are a lot of learnings from their experience. The technology today solves some of the issues that people working remotely faced in the past. It's very different, different to join a meeting using Zoom or Microsoft Teams or any other platform that is available right now than joining a meeting through your phone. I think uh, talking about inclusion 
a phone is hard. It's, it's hard for you to be heard. It's hard for people to really understand that you want to say something. But with those platforms, you raise your hand, you make a sign and people stop and they hear you. So I think uh, the hybrid work arrangement became more inclusive with the help of technology. But the leaders will also need to learn a new skill. And that for me is the key. They will need to learn how to manage a hybrid team. And we are currently now pilot a training model to better equip our managers to deal with the new approach. And the employees will also learn how to work on their day-to-day on a hybrid approach. On flexible work arrangement, I think no one has cracked the code on what is the best. I think organizations will need to be flexible to evolve and learn as we go. What are some of the things that you are teaching leaders who now have to lead in a hybrid work environment? Especially be inclusive. Ask opinions from the ones that are not in person, allowing them to speak. And uh, I think that is the most important uh, thing. You're right. You have to be so intentional about making sure those who aren't in the room feel like they're in the room and feel like they're being heard. I'm glad to hear that Kraft Heinz is prioritizing that. And let's get very practical. Is the way your offices are set up, is that changing at all to account for those who may continue to work remotely some or all of the time? Yes, we have discussed it exhaustively as a team. What is the new purpose of our office? While we have all quickly and successfully adapted to virtual work, we believe in and highly value the importance of in-office collaboration. We believe collaboration is essential to how we live what we call the power of we mindset. That is, Forecraft Heinz is established as part of our leadership principles. Work as a team, inspire excellence, and navigate our future. It's also key for how we live our values every day, you know, with a commitment to each other and our company. So the office will remain a core part of our work experience. And uh, we decided to renovate our large office. We said, look, people are currently working remote right now. If there's a moment to renovate the office, the moment is now. The office is closed. And we are transforming it on a true collaboration space. We are very proud of it. We are adding more conference rooms, creating new collaboration areas, moving to hotel desking by neighborhood. The beauty is that our employees, they are helping us to design a new environment. We wanted them to be part of that. And we launched an internal campaign to say, look, who we want to volunteer, you know, to craft the new office environment at Craft Heights. And we were expecting that we would have, I don't know, 20, 30 people volunteering to be part of the task force. We had 150 employees who volunteered to be part of the office renovation. So we had to be with everything because we were planning to have, you know, informal conversations, Zoom calls, focus groups with one of 50 people. We had to split them in smaller groups and, uh, you know, have more, uh, I would say, surveys and uh, ask questions in order for us to capture data to use in our office. So collaboration spaces is a good example. We were thinking about different alternatives for collaboration. And we asked them and they told us, no, this will work, this won't work. And that has been fascinating. What are the, some of the things that they said won't work? Conference rooms. It's a 
very good example. You know, our conference rooms, they all look like the same. And the employees, they told us, look, no, if we want to more whiteboarding. We should have conference rooms with no desks, no, just with uh, small individual benches that we can move around with walls that we all can write on the walls and erase what we wrote before with screens that we can move around. Even the colors, they said, look, if we use only the white and gray that we used to <laughs> have, uh, it's not inspirational. So it needs to be very colorful. And I said, oh, what a bright idea. That makes sense. (laughs) Fascinating. That is so interesting. And knowing that you are at the helm, there is going to be some tracking of how successful all these changes are. What are you implementing to make sure that these changes are successful? The frequent listening strategy. I don't think anyone has cracked the code on what the future work arrangement will be. We are all trying and we are being very transparent and honest with our employees to say, look, we will try this. If it doesn't work, we will change. So capturing the feedback from the employees on a day-to-day, I think it's very important in this new normal that we are all facing right now. I am thrilled to hear that you are willing to evolve if if it calls for that, but I wish you and Kraft Heinz so much luck with this new hybrid work arrangement, and I can't wait to hear how it all goes. Very good. I'll let you know. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being on The Talent Economy. We really appreciate your time, Melissa. Very good. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for listening to The Talent Economy. I'm your host, Meredith Bodkiss. You can find much more information about the talent economy on staffing.com and toptal.com slash insights, hubs for bold, comprehensive content featuring business thought leaders and authoritative research focused on the future of work.